Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fairy Conclave. This is episode number 63. I am one of your hosts, Alec. My pronouns are he, him. And joining me on the line, it's Jerem. How are you doing today, Jerem? I am doing incredible. Thank you for asking. My pronouns are he, him as well. And today, we have an extra special guest judge. Or judge, what am I saying? (laughs) Extra special guest joining us today, Jonah. Welcome to the Fairy Conclave. Thanks for having me. Can I, definitely judge us um, if you, you can want judge to. us for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know where I got the word judge from, but um, maybe I was trying to say Jonah or something. But Jonah, we've been playing Magic for quite a while. I'm really excited to finally get you on here for a deck interview. Yeah, well, thanks. Well, it was uh, you and your brother who really like helped me like take off with Magic. I I'd come home. Uh, after being gone for a while, kind of got into magic and like I didn't know what I was doing and you you really helped me with the extra cards that I needed. Well, I, I definitely know playing with you in commander games, Jonah, that you are renowned for having very unique and fun commander strategies. So I'm really excited to see what we have in store today. But before we get into that, obviously, community spotlight and who are we going to be shouting out today, Alec? Yeah, so... Uh, we were talking about this uh, earlier, and it was Jonah's idea. So, yeah, Jonah, feel free to hop in and add your thoughts. But, um, yeah, so for the community spotlight, we're going to shout out the Good Morning Magic YouTube channel with Gavin Verhey. And I think this one is pretty uh, unique because, um, you know, it's a, a content channel on YouTube, but it's created by one of the designers of Magic. And uh, not just any designer, but also the person who frequently designs... Uh, commander uh, products and um, battle bond and other like multiplayer focused products commander legends and things like that so yeah there's a lot of really cool kind of like behind the scenes information you can get from that channel it's, so is it just a podcast or does he have a youtube channel as well he he does a youtube channel he does uh he doesn't just like talk about like different uh cards and sets but he'll he'll also talk about like um like what's coming up like he he recently started a sort of rules committee not rules committee but like sort of like a in between for popper he, he he's really oh, trying to help okay. popper out so like if you heard about the recent popper ban he, that that was him and his team kind of like cracking down on popper trying to make it an actual viable format that has some attention i love me some popper so i am glad it is getting some love and attention man i I mean, I'm very familiar with Gavin Verry, but I've never really followed uh, Good Morning Magic, so I'm excited to check that one out. That sounds like a really fun resource to hear some fun magic stuff. Yeah. It's also really well edited and, uh, you know, like scripted, and it's very enjoyable mm-hmm. to watch. Um, I think for some of the episodes, there's a podcast version um, for some of it, but all of, all of it mm-hmm. is kind of like the hub is on YouTube. So, yeah, definitely check it out. We'll have some links in our episode description below um, for you to find this. All right. And now moving on to what you all are here for. Jonah, why don't you go ahead and introduce your commander and your inspiration for building this deck? And let's just dive right into it. Yeah, well, the commander is, uh, let me read what he does. Um, The commander is Karavek the Merciless. Um, He got a reprint recently in um, Time Spiral Remastered. Uh, his rules text is, uh, whenever an opponent plays a spell or casts a spell, Karabek the Merciless deals damage to any target equal to that spell's 
converted mana cost. So he, he can be pretty oppressive when he's on the field. Whenever somebody casts a spell, I, I can have pretty much... <laughs> uh, I, I can I can hit any target, which is which is really cool. And then um, what kind of uh, keeps him from popping off too soon is his companion, um, which is Obosh the Prey Piercer. Obosh is uh, he's a companion from Ikoria, and um, they all have a downside, and then they have an upside. They have a limitation to your deck, so your starting deck uh, can only have odd converted mana costs and land cards so i can't even in the deck if a source i control with an odd converted mana cost would deal damage to a permanent or a player it deals double that damage instead we haven't talked about a companion deck for commander yet but it's pretty spicy i feel like the companions came out and really kind of shook things up because it's almost like you have a partner to uh commanders that don't have partner if that makes sense you get like an extra commander kind of in a way yeah yeah obosh is kind of the secret commander in this deck uh karavik is definitely like the the head of the deck but obosh kind of picks up a lot of uh synergies in in uh what he can do yeah so uh if I guess the kind of the dream scenario I'm imagining is if you have both Kervik and Obosh out at the same time, then the damage that Kervik deals when your opponents cast spells is uh, doubled each time, right? Yes. So that's yes, intense. that's <laughs> yikes. That's yeah. insane. And and actually the the inspiration for this deck, um, I'll tell you real quick the the converted mana cost of Kervik, or I guess how are they saying it? The mana value. Of Karavek is <laughs> yep. uh, is seven, which is important because I was looking for a Rakdos commander with uh, a converted mana cost of seven, and I'll kind of explain that a little bit later with the win condition. It's a mm, okay. it's a pretty cool one, um, and then uh, I also saw Obosh, and I thought, wow, these two commanders together are like they're meant for each other. So I kind of just kind of put them together and, and figured out how it could work. And it was a really fun uh, process of, of building the deck. And, and the the inspiration actually came from a short uh, from the, a YouTube short from the 99. Uh, he was oh, explaining nice. a, a certain combo. And I, I just had to, to look for something that could kind of captain that, that combo. That's awesome. I, Jeremy and I were just talking earlier about how um, you know you're going to like a deck when you are having a good time through the deck building process. Um, and yeah, not to spoil any future episodes, but we're kind of struggling to have a good time building mono white decks. But yeah, so I feel like one thing that I really like about the companions is that they, with the deck building restriction, that kind of, uh, like it's fun to build with deck building restrictions. So it's really cool to be like, okay, all of these even cards that you would normally put in our uh, black red deck now you just like straight up can't use with this commander so yeah it's really cool to try to find ways to build around that i don't know yeah it just seems really fun yeah i definitely want to you know share my two cents on that front i think deck limitations just go so far because i mean even if you know it's really hard to build around just odd converted mana costing that's that's definitely a challenge however like when you do pull it off you just get this 
sense of satisfaction and it just feels really good when you do something really cool and you're just like yes like it's it's happening and so i definitely am a big fan of uh seeing obosh here i've i've actually personally never built around a companion and i just haven't found one or a combination of of cards yet that you know got me excited but i i think this will be definitely seems like you have some spicy stuff up your sleeve so i'm excited to get more in depth on your your thought process for all of this i think one other thing with companions that um for obosh specifically is that you don't really think about the mana value of your cards too much normally. So just mm -hmm. having this like extra thing that you have to pay attention to that you would normally totally ignore is really fun. Like I remember kind of brewing an Obosh deck when it uh, when Ikoria first came out, and I was surprised at a lot of cards that I would want to play that are like two or four mana value, and just being like, oh, okay, never mind. I had never thought about this before, but I actually... Um, now I can't use it. Yeah, it, and, and for me, the whole, like, from day one, I remember, um, Jaren probably remembers too, I showed him, uh, like, when I when I first figured out, okay, I'm going to do this thing, and showing him all these cards and trying to figure out, oh, can this go in here, Can this, and figuring out, like, <laughs> what the limitations and, like, what the strengths might be, which the strengths are uh, few with the, the limitation, but mm. uh, for for a very long time, uh, I was just trying to, like, anytime I saw something that could fit in the deck, I was all over it. I was like, oh, maybe this Love can it. work. And, like, it, it took a very long time to build the deck. And just thinking about, like, what what could fit in, I mean, I guess, like, my mindset was always, like, odd mana cost, odd mana cost. Anytime I saw an even mana cost mm. spell, I was like, I, I don't know, I don't want to think about it. Because this, this was, like, my passion project. I got to make this mm. work. Got it. Don't be tempted by those <laughs> even converted mana costs. You know, I think that's that's awesome. <laughs> Way to stick to your your guns, your convictions with this deck. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. And um, uh, sometimes I, I like to put just kind of generic, uh, not generic, um, interesting restrictions on my deck sometimes when I'm trying to figure out how to build them. And, but then they're always like a card will pop up that I want to like cheat that restriction on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but in the case of using Obosh as companion, as per the actual rules, you can't break that uh, restriction. So yeah, it's kind of nice to have that and you're not like really tempted to put in like a six mana card or something like that. A really cool like thing that I discovered about it, um, if you're playing other format like if you were playing in standard or pioneer uh you know historic on arena uh you can have obosh as your companion and uh your sideboard can actually have even mana cost spells because it's only your starting deck oh is, interesting. Uh, is restricted with that so i i found that was was uh, an interesting little add-on to to the the rules of the card wow i never would have guessed that but, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it's just a starting deck, so that's one cheeky way, I guess, to <laughs> game two and game three. Yeah, I think co companions as a concept are interesting. I think they probably uh, added quite a few rules to go along with this mechanic, including the kind of, like, later on rules change with their... Uh, yes. How they work, basically. So, yeah, been through a lot, and I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. So, um, yeah, the next question we've got for you is... Uh, could you give us a little background on the deck's history and kind of like what changes you've uh, made to it as you um, 
since you first built it? Yeah, well, my deck building process is, I don't know if it's unique, but um, uh, to, unique compared to other people that I've met in, in their deck building processes. I always start out with um, a mana base. I mean, I, I feel like that's what everybody should do. I think that's what most people uh, do, but the the mana base is, is important. And with this, it was uh, def definitely a difficult task um, trying to find uh, mana rocks. I mean, all the good mana rocks are, are zero and, and uh, two mana cost. Mm. And so trying to find a, the right, I mean, there, there's a lot of good three mana cost rocks, but uh, they don't c quite compare. So I had to get a little creative. Um, also finding mana dorks, um, found a really cool card from Magic History called uh, uh, Sisters of the Flame. I think that's the name of the card. Um, it's a one red red, and it's, a, it's just a, a creature that taps for red mana and it's like a really janky really bad uh mana dork but that was in there for a little that. while while i was trying to figure out like okay what can i do uh actually found a home for commands commander sphere in this deck um commander sphere i've cut from most other decks that i have but this one actually really helps but it's mainly been uh trying to figure out like how i can get mana the quickest mm -hmm. so uh some some cool additions that I found recently were um, the the Ramos mana rock cycle. So like Heart of Ramos mm. and Skull of Ramos are added to this, and uh, they're they're kind of like an in between of like slow mana and fast mana because you can tap it to add colored mana, and then you can also sacrifice it to add colored mana. So if you play it on the next turn, then you can theoretically get a whole lot more mana into your pool. So I liked finding uh, cards that could could fit in the uh, into that sort of that yeah. strategy. Yeah. I, I think these. I've looked at these. Uh, you know, the Heart of Ramos, Skull of Ramos, Tooth of Ramos. You know, I think Tooth of Ramos is one. But um, I've I've never played with them. They they definitely seem very interesting and like like they. So I'm curious to see like have you had a chance to play with them? Like have any games with them? Like do, like were they as good as you were hoping or were they you know. Um, they're like, oh, like it wasn't as good as I was thinking, or like, how did they end up turning out to be? Yeah, well, I, they they've definitely helped in some tight situations. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there have been situations where I'm just like one mana short, and the the Ramos rocks are, are def they they definitely helped. Or you know, there are some X uh, spells that I have in here that have been able to contribute a little bit more that, uh, that okay. helped out and so they're they're definitely not like the best rocks that you can get i mean they're three mana rocks that tap for colored they're most most good three month three mana uh mana rocks are are for any color but the this this the next turn after you cast them are they're definitely um a whole lot better than than when you initially cast them yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because one of the things that is something you have to kind of watch out for when playing an Obosh companion deck is it, it it can be kind of awkward to get stuck at like four mana or six mana. 
Um, since, yeah, you're, rather than having this, like, smooth curve where you can likely play something each turn, you have to really, like, get to that next odd uh, mana level, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Heart of Ramos and Skull of Ramos are, like, fantastic inclusions in this, because if you're kind of desperate, you can, yeah, sacrifice them and boost up two mana rather than the one um, to try to get to that, like, the seven mana value spot to cast Karavik or something like that. I mean, and like we say all the time, one of our favorite things about Magic is the deck building process, which I feel like for me is constantly, it's it's an evolution. It's never complete. And so I'm always constantly looking at decks I've built and, you know, upgrading them and changing them, trying new things. And so, you know, it's just the process is fun. And just hearing, you know, your your mind, you know, kind of play out how you went through starting this one, you know, like it's just, that's... That's some of my favorite stuff about Magic. Maybe some people it stresses them out. I don't know. Maybe they just like playing. But for me, I just love to sit and stew over cards that I could try and index all day long. Like that's my, like that's what I do on my hour commute. You know, it's just it's so fun. I definitely did a lot of gold fishing in my head with okay, if I play this and I can do this, but then you know, like what what would be a better option for each, uh, each slot. So. Moving on to uh, the next question, why don't you tell us what you like most about playing this deck? So uh, this deck list, if you read through some of the cards, it there's quite a few that have um, uh, options, let's say. Uh, for example, um, there's Zozu the Punisher. It's a great, great card to play uh, early on. Um, says whenever a land enters the battlefield, Zozu the Punisher deals two damage to that land's controller, and, and he's a, a goblin warrior. And so just like that that two damage, it's like, oh, it's commander. You have 40 life initially, but like it, it stacks up a lot. You have um, another great card like Sin Prodder. Uh, says at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. Any opponent may have. You put that card into your graveyard, if a player does send Prodder deals damage to that player equal to that card's converted mana cost. Otherwise, put that card in your hand. So it's a it's a big wall of text, but it, it kind of forces players to make options. Um, another good example would be Terror of the Peaks. Just kind of forcing players to make decisions along with like Killing Wave, which is an X and a black. And it's a sorcery that says for each creature, its controller sacrifices it unless he or she pays x life you can you can kind of see like examples of forcing the player to make tough decisions and it, it usually doesn't have a, a negative for me i definitely love that aspect of this deck i think that is so fun and alec and i talk about this all the time about how um sometimes there's these little mini games that happen over the course of the larger commander game which really just make it that much more fun and I think Killing Wave is a, is a great example because, you know, let's say someone's popping off and they have this huge army of creatures and then you cast Killing Wave where X equals five. You have to, you just watch them suffer as they go through each creature and be like, oh, are you worth five life? Nah, you can go. Are, are you worth five life? Nah, you can go, you know? And so I think that's a, a fun attitude to have of like, oh, this, this deck is forcing opponents and even sometimes with yourself to make tough decisions. So I think that's a really fun way to approach a commander game because it's always going to be be interesting and fun to to play around for sure oh yeah totally it it makes it for for some interesting plays uh people see the 
the commander and the companion they see it kind of slows it's a little slow uh the deck is definitely a little slow in the beginning so they don't pay much attention to me and then they kind of realize oh his board state like we when did that happen we have to do something about that i like that a lot and i also like the inclusion of a few x spells here because that's another way for you to kind of like fill in the gaps at uh even cmc kind of like turns i guess and um, yeah, it seems like a great way to kind of make sure you have something to cast, even if uh, you're not able to get to an odd mana cost that you need or something like that. One card I want to point out here, which I think is a kind of a, a spicy card, and I want to know if you've ever kicked it, and that's Sadistic Sacrament. <laughs> have you uh, ever gotten that to no. go off? Uh, no, Sadistic Sacrament, I feel like, is made for like the anti- it's a perfect anti-blue player card. Um, and I'll tell you exactly why. Um, the the kicker. So so for those of you who don't know, uh, sadistic sacrament. It's black 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 a sorcery, um, and uh, you get to search a player's library for th- up to three cards and exile them. Is is pretty much what it does. And if you kick it, then you can. Uh, what is it? Fifteen. Yeah, you can. You can exile 15 cards from their library. But the three cards are mainly are, are the most important part because uh, the three cards that I'm usually looking for are, um, when I'm playing against a blue deck, is uh, Jace, Labman, and Thassa's Oracle. And I, <laughs> the, nice. those, are, those are the three cards that I'm looking for, and once I do that, then their deck is obsolete. I think that is so precise. You know, I love just, you know, like for three mana, you can completely, you know, upheaval someone's complete plan you know and so i think that's a it's just a, such a fun card and i i need to put this in more decks because first off the art is kind of creepy but also yeah it's just <laughs> the ability to you know go search for three things and be like boom <laughs> you're done <laughs> not today i don't want to play against that i think that's awesome it's definitely a good safeguard for decks um especially if they're decks you're familiar like playing against Mm. Um, yeah, you can be like, okay, I know you're setting, I know what you're setting up here because I've lost to it before, so I'm just going to go and boop, 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 take out the, the other pieces you need. Even if you're not familiar with their deck, cast this, look through their entire library, and be like, ooh, you got this going on? How about we not play that this game, you know? Um, pretty pretty nasty card. I think that's super cool. It definitely evokes a stink guy from <laughs> yeah i i guess definitely uh, uh be like pretty mindful anyone out there playing sadistic sacrament or kind of cards like this and other um some similar effects like this where you search someone's library because it can be uh, a bit salt inducing to have <laughs> to have some cards like plucked out of your library and taken from you but um yeah i think it's totally good um to use against um, a lot of my decks, you know, I, I feel like that would be pretty effective against me, so I can't complain too much. Our next question for you is, what are the goals of this deck? I know you kind of hinted earlier that you had a combo in here, so yeah, what are your goals when you're um, sitting down to play this deck? The goals of this deck, um, I'll, I'll explain the, the main win condition, or the, the hopeful win condition, which is in Magical Christmas Land. Uh, but I, I have been able to pull this off um, at least two times. And so oh, nice. what, what you need to have is have uh, Karavek or any other seven mana cost uh, creatures on the field. So um, I have some backups for that, like I have Dracuseth. 
Dracuseth Maw of the Flames, uh, Rune Scarred Demon, which uh, is great because it can also find me those uh, combo pieces. Uh, I have Godzilla, Doom Inevitable, also Yadaro. Love um, Yadaro as an inclusion, I was going to say. I noticed earlier. That's such a good one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so so those are some of the backups. So you need, the, the setup is you have a uh, seven mana uh, creature. And then the the other pieces are burnt offering, and reiterate. And the way this works is burnt offering. The oracle text says as an additional cost to this spell, uh, sacrifice a creature and add that. Uh, I'm try- I'm kind of paraphrasing, but I should probably read. I'll I'll just read what it says. Uh, sacrifice a creature to add that creature's casting cost in any combination of black and or red mana to your mana pool. And the Oracle text says, as an additional cost. So a part of the cost of casting the spell is sacrificing a creature, and that's super important for this to work. So you can sacrifice Dracuseth, you can sacrifice Karavek, Yudaro, any of those. Um, Then, Mm -hmm. while Burnt Offering is on the stack, you cast Reiterate. Reiterate is one red red. You copy a new instant or, or you, you copy it uh, an instant or sorcery spell and you can choose new targets for the copy. Now, because the cost of sacrificing has already been made, I do not need to sacrifice a new creature. So oh. I can So the the spell's already on the stack, I'm copying the effect, not the cost of the spell. So also I have to have seven open mana for this to work. Mm-hmm. So I cast Burnt Offering, Sacrifice. That's on the stack. I don't have the mana quite yet. I cast Reiterate. I copy the spell, and then I pay three to buy back and put it back in my hand. Mm-hmm. I let the I let the copy resolve. Now I have seven mana in any combination of red or black. So what that does is it creates an infinite loop of, in, of infinite mana, pretty much, while I keep um, nice. the original Burnt Offering on the stack. And then with that infinite mana, I can cast any burn spell of my choosing i can cast uh lightning bolt shock i've won with gut shot um there's pretty much any of those and uh and then i, I can keep casting that spell with reiterate and so it's wow a, it's... nice and just for fun obosh will double the um damage dealt <laughs> just to make it that yes, much faster yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes and obosh actually does um have a uh another i guess companion to himself which is heartless hit Sugu. yeah <laughs> definitely and i've definitely been in games where i have cast gut shot and uh and i bolted myself so that my life total is at a at an odd mana or at a at an odd uh life total so that my life total in becomes one and everybody else is zero it's a it's a really fun uh way to win the game yeah this, clever. this is a favorite of mine heartless hitatsugu is um three red red for a four three ogre shaman and um has a new like legendary version um of this character in the new kamigawa set which is exciting um but you can tap it to deal damage to each player equal to half that player's life total rounded down so I imagine um, with Obosh out, that just deals damage equal to their life totals, right? Is that how that works? Yeah, it, it just doubles that effect. So you're not you're not doing half and then half of that. You're just 
you're dealing damage equal to half and then doubling that. So if their life Love total it. is is even, then it'll it'll reduce it to zero. If it's at odd, then it'll reduce it to one. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, I, I play this card and get really excited about it in my Rakdos Lord of Riots deck. I remember considering putting Obosh in the deck and maybe I'll take another look at that because that, that little combo is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun to pull off when when I can. It's it's not easy because once people you, you have to wait a whole turn unless he has haste and I have ways to make it him hasty, but uh, to wait a whole turn and usually people know since Obosh is he's visible when the game starts. I also see you have included a very uh, interesting <laughs> card here, um, and that is uh, Tainted Strike. I think that is such a cheeky. Cheeky move you have, <laughs> yes. especially because it's Kervik who does the damage. They don't just lose life, so so someone's that's pretty pretty nasty. Yes, I I just give him uh, infect and it, like in response to someone casting a a ten mana spell, which can happen. Or <laughs> um, you know, I could also cast or you know, Obosh is out and someone casts a five mana and then I can double it. And so that's just like a, you know, a backup, like, hey, I can I can do infect. Well, one thing that I think that's interesting is Kervik says whenever an opponent casts a spell, so that trigger goes on the stack. And then if you give him infect with Tainted Strike, I think, I'm just trying to think if that works out the way I'm thinking, because I guess if that with that trigger on the stack, you could give him infect and then resolve that after yeah that's yeah cool. yeah so that's so insane. i can so i can i can do it not in anticipation of a spell but if someone casts a a, a big mana spell like it right you know i I've, I've done it, it this is probably the most ironic way to to cast it but someone cast a, a blight steel colossus and and i gave Karabek tainted strike it it was <laughs> that is such a gotcha moment i love that um that's super cool I, it's, it's good to have a little spice. I think Infect is a little is quite spicy, so it's fun to put that in, you know. <laughs> yeah, An another fun way to win. This is probably like, uh, I, and I have it's it's player removal. Um, Obnixilis, the Hate Twisted. He's a planeswalker with a static ability. Whenever an opponent draws a card, Obnixilis deals one damage to that player, and then I have him on, and then I can cast Peer into the Abyss and force someone to draw oh. a library. It's it's definitely a fun way to. To win with that that is pretty oppressive i, I love that i there's just so many yeah it fun combinations here you've definitely put quite a pile of unique cards that all at odd mana cost that really can mesh together in, in some really interesting ways so um now let's let's ask some hard questions here what would you say are the deck's weaknesses what does this deck struggle with in a game it can't even um it has a tough time Popping well, it doesn't pop, it doesn't quite pop off, but it, it has a tough time uh, getting on its feet initially, mm -hmm. and and so um, it, it can get to the point where I have the mana because I I don't really need to have a whole lot of interaction. I just need to have certain pieces on mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know hope that it works out. But it's it's definitely getting the the deck started um, right once once I start playing. Since there is that that restriction of of no even spells, 
Yeah, I and I think especially I I have decks like this where it's all centered around a certain uh, win condition or a, a combo. I I I though I I kind of don't like this phrasing. I usually call it glass cannon because um, yeah. glass cannon makes it sound like it's fragile and it's but like in this deck is I would say is is fragile by any means. But I think those strategies are really fun and they really require. They're fun, but they require a lot of like attunement. They need to be really they're, refined they're... with um, a lot of you know ramp and uh, tutors and stuff. You definitely there's fine line there for sure. Yeah, the the word I would use is for a lot of those decks is it's quite surgical. You have to. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a, a good way to think about it because you know you. I mean, there's definitely even if your deck if you're. Um, your whole win condition is countered and you're you're unable to do your burnt offering reiterate thing like there's still other ways you can win but you know that's i feel like that's probably your go-to you know and so you're just trying to draw those cards tutor those cards and make it happen so you can uh pull that off so i think yeah that's the and, and, dream and and the problem is there's just that gives way to a lot of uh interaction people to interrupt you to you know like if you can't for some reason get those cards in hand like that's i guess that's that's tough you know you can't pull it off and then you know it's a really good way to oppress it so i think it's it's good to you know use politics in your favor i think having Carabrick out honestly you know you could say hey if you cast a spell you tell me where to point the damage and i'll i'll send it that way you know and i feel like there's some politics with this deck as well that are really that would be fun to play around so i think that's that really good thing to keep in mind especially with uh as far as this deck's weaknesses go especially when you're playing in a a commander game for sure definitely decks with this type of strategy kind of just like people look at you and they're like okay i know you're gonna hurt me a lot but like what can i do to stop you so maybe that that's something um to keep in mind is that you'll draw some attention for sure yeah i feel like with a lot of my deck building strategies well and just the decks that i build in general they're not very political uh i definitely paint a target on myself with <laughs> with a lot of the the type of decks that I build they're they're not uh, uh, I guess the word is subtle they're not quite subtle mm. everybody knows what they're getting themselves into I love that yeah that's a lot of fun though for this deck are there any notable cards you want to shout out that kind of um, filled the more generic roles of a deck but that might be more spicy for this one yeah um, one card uh, let's see there is uh, Viashino Heretic. Um, he's a really cool uh, creature to have out. Um, he's he's an he's an older card. Um, you can pay one and a red to tap him uh, and destroy a target artifact, and then he deals damage to that artifact's controller equal to that artifact's total casting cost. Mm. And so it's a it's just another like oh I'm gonna destroy your artifact and deal damage to you. He's kind of in the same boat as um, unlicensed disintegration, you know. I, I can, I can. It has more than one effect, pretty much. Gotcha. Yeah, I like that. Um, other cards, I would say, is captive audience. Is uh, it's probably the the most perfect name for a card <laughs> uh, for what it can do. Uh, just watching players like watch that look of dread sink in is like okay what what do i gotta do do i discard my hand do i give everybody blockers and or attackers uh or do, or do i make my life total zero and uh, it's just a really 
fun thing to like if there's one player who's just kind of dominating the the board i can just be like okay try and figure this one out yeah i i think captive audience is a great one and doesn't it, it makes their life total four right Does yes it make it four okay. yeah that's that's one of the modes that they okay. can choose okay so i thought you said zero for a second i was like wait what like oh no, no. <laughs> okay i just Monterey shows I I wasn't mistaken, but yeah, I think this card definitely also goes in line with the strategy you were saying of uh, forcing players to make tough decisions, um, and this is definitely a fun one. I I know uh, my wife Jenna. She when when she played Magic with me, uh, this was her favorite card to cast because she loved just watching me cringe as she would en <laughs> enchant me with this, and then because it, it really can uh, end a player's uh, career in a game because you know all of those modes are pretty oppressive. Yeah. Uh, other notable cards, I think, is Last One Standing. Uh, there aren't many cards like it, and it's because in paper it's it's really hard to um, design a card like this that can actually work. And it it's it's pretty much a board wipe except for one card, and it's just like choose a creature at random and then destroy the rest. It's a it definitely for three mana. Yes, that, yeah, that's insane. I I when I discovered this card a while ago, I was like. This is a three-mana board wipe, which is just insane. Yeah. And so I think it could definitely find a lot, a good place in many decks, just because for three-mana, you could wipe the board, which is just incredible. Yeah, The this card will also have you doing some weird stuff, like uh, Googling a random number out of 87, just like <laughs> <laughs> trying to calculate yes. that one when, you know, you're playing against some token decks. It's pretty funny sometimes, like how to how you have to figure out which one creature survives. Right. Which one stays? Who will stay? Who will go? I I like that. So looking at, um, you know, obviously you mentioned this earlier, like the, the Soul Sisters or whatever. The, the Oh, uh, Sisters of the Flame. Sisters of the Flame, you know, like I think those are always fun cards to find and you know, even if they don't keep a place in the in the deck per se i think those are fun ramp uh cards as well and then i think now here's a perfect spot to you know where we should have, we could have talked about the the ramos artifacts for ramp i think those are definitely unique um cards that find a good place here um you know because i like like we were saying not a lot of people use them and i think that's a pretty unique way to to help ramp this deck out for sure, I love. I'm not gonna lie. I love seeing the uh, the mirror that ramps, a palladium mirror. Oh yes, yes. I think <laughs> I think that's a fun one for sure. I, um, in my uh, my Rakdos deck, um, my Grenzo deck. I I remember when I first built it. I of course I put in Soul Ring and it was super good. And then I remember I had a game where I activated Grenzo and I put my Soul Ring into my graveyard and I was like. Oh, feels bad and so i and then i remember palladium myrrh and so i took out soul ring and put in palladium myrrh because i think it's better in I that situation it. which is which is funny because not a lot of people would say palladium myrrh is better than soul ring but you know you you find those weird niche things where like oh in this one situation it's better and yeah he, and he kind of serves the same purpose as uh worn power stone they, they work on the same turn yet they can't use it on the turn that you cast yeah. it but they, they pretty much have the same effect. And For sure. uh, Playdimer can also uh, act as a blocker if needed. Right. This is probably one of our, our favorite questions to ask when going through a deck, um, but do you have any pet cards that you just can't resist playing that maybe don't exactly go in line with the strategy, but you're like, I got a copy of this, I'm going to throw it in there? 
Do you have any examples of those in this one? Um, I think uh, a pet card that I've I've kind of had to convince myself to keep in is Everlasting Torment. Uh, it doesn't mm. see a whole lot of play, but uh, it it says it's an enchantment. Uh, players can't gain life, damage can't pe- be prevented, and all damage is dealt uh, as though it had wither. And so, um, so wither means that damage dealt to a creature is done in the form of minus one, minus one counters. And so it right. it, it gets around um, indestructible. Like in, yeah, indestructible. It can yeah. also it, it it also is a is a permanent uh, counter. And so if I can't kill that creature um, initially with uh, a burn effect, then you know I someone just has to cast another spell. Caravac deals more damage to it, and it does more Wild minus on, one. Sure, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've always liked this card. I think um, that people always talk about life as a resource, and uh, I feel like things that have just incidental uh, increments of life gain are very common in Commander. Like, you'll look around and it's kind of hard to keep people's life totals low sometimes um, when they're gaining, like, little bits of life off of, like, my Commander has lifelink randomly and just kind of things like that. So I've always liked Everlasting Torment as a way to just be like, nope, I'm going to deal damage to you, and you can't get it back. Yes. Yeah. It makes me think of that. Oh, what's that freaking Esper commander that, even though it's in your command zone, you gain two life every turn? Aloro, Ageless Aesthetic. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I hate that. And so this is, you know, this is. I think this is a great way for three man. And the art, my goodness, that is... Looks like something out of The Witcher, honestly. <laughs> yeah, there's that's a really lot cool. there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. I think this is a perfect example of a pet card, and and like, unironically, it, it fits really well into the uh, the strategy of your deck anyway. So I think it's definitely has a happy home here for sure. Oh yeah. So on the opposite end of that question, our next question is: What is your MVP of the deck, or the card you think is you know, the most synergistic with your strategy. Definitely Heartless Hidetsugu. Uh, if I can wow. have him in my hand, uh, Obosh is already in a pseudo com- command zone. Uh, I just have to pay three to put him in my hand. But uh, one- once those two are out and I can kind of keep people from destroying or, or countering it, uh, then it, it definitely it-, it can it can run away with the game. Yeah. yeah, I definitely can see it. And you talk about like the the mental toll. It definitely warps a game as well. Um, you know, and especially if you can give it haste, that's even better. But you know, I know, I'm sure if you cast that and you have to go around a whole turn cycle, I think everyone's guns are going to be pointed at you. It's like, uh, we have to get rid of that, or it's game over. So I think that's that's a good answer. I'd, I'd say that is definitely other than Obosh, obviously, because he's the man, companion of the deck, which. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great answer. That's awesome. So, and you you kind of I think answered this question already by talking about the you know how you've been able to pull off your combo. But I feel like I want to I will still ask it to see if you have anything else to add to that. But have you ever had like an in game moment while you've been playing this deck where that it was just like oh wow this it popped off or did something really cool? Do you have anything like that that you'd want to highlight or share? I think the moment I was playing with your brother Tanner. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember what the board state was, but uh, next turn, um, 
oh, who was it? I think it was, I wasn't going to be able to pull off the Obosh Heartless Hidetsugu combo. And I just needed to get, no, yeah, every everybody had, everyone had an even life total. And so if I was going to do it, I would just kill us all and just end it in a draw. And that's what Tanner wanted. He, he was really wanting to, to have a draw. He's like, I've never had a commander game end in a draw before. He just wanted to see it happen. And then I top decked a lightning bolt and just bolted myself. It was it was probably like the luckiest moment that I could have in that in that deck is just like, oh, I'm just going to lightning bolt myself. It, it was definitely a, a fun moment because it, it was in the early stages of the deck and I was trying to figure out what it could do. And when I was trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to let this... Uh, deal or how how am I going to win the game because I was gonna I was definitely gonna lose next turn if I didn't do something and I think I had like four life or something no no, it wasn't four life I I had like a really low life total I was definitely gonna lose the next turn so doing something like that is just just a a sort of masochist move uh yes that's awesome I, I think those are really cool moments when you the first time you put that together where you're like and then people are watching it play out. We're like, well, why is he bolting himself? You know, and then, you know, slowly the pieces start to come together and you're just like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? I think those are really fun plays. I think that's a great one to highlight it for sure. That's awesome. What a top deck. That's a part of the cards <laughs> moment for sure. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That's a lot of fun. You don't really come across uh, draws very often in Commander. So yeah, that's always fun. Wow. Okay. We've reached our last and final question i just said the same thing twice but you know you know what i mean um and i'm excited to hear about this one so what advice would you give to other players who are looking to build a deck like this for me uh trying to find cards that could fit in the deck was was the hardest part just trying to find those cards i'm looking at edh rec um with the the commander and the companion together there's only 24 deck list that you can that that they've pulled from it's such an under mm. um represented commander and so when when, mm-hmm. when you look on ED, like a lot of players will look on eh track okay what's everybody playing why are they playing it i didn't really have that i was kind of going in the dark and uh there wasn't a whole lot of variety that i could pick from and so i just like i said i, I think it took me four months from the time that i uh like knew like resolved i'm gonna build this deck to the time that i had 100 cards and it wasn't because like it took me time to to get all the cards it was like looking for cards that could fit because i could throw in like pretty much any card in there that had an odd mana cost and it call it a commander deck but actually like trying to find something that fits together um Mm. so so the advice i would give is just like be the most creative that you can with it like what is something weird like uh, an addition that I put in that was really weird was uh, Allure of the Unknown, and it allows someone else to cast a spell. And I really fought for that card to, to stay in because I thought, oh, wait, no, Caravette can deal damage to whatever they choose. And so uh, just trying to find, like, just... You don't have to justify a lot of the cards that you're putting in because, you know, this is a very unique, very under underrepresented commander slash companion deck that that doesn't have a lot of representation i i think that's a that's 
excellent advice, especially because, you know, like it really highlights the, the deck building process. If anyone, you know, and like we talked about at the beginning, like if you want to get better at building decks, I think you, you need to challenge yourself. You need to set limitations and then it forces you to think outside of the the go-to cards, the, the cards that are always used and put into common decks. And I think this deck is just perfect example of that of you know like you said it took you four months to you know finally get the whole thing together and um i think that's a fun way to approach deck building because it's just it really allows you and gives you the time to think about every card and how it would be in the deck and interactions and stuff so i think that's that's excellent advice for sure i think this would this would be a great deck for i think more people to build hopefully you know <laughs> one day edh rec will have this uh have a lot more decks put up there because this would be awesome to see up there for sure. Okay, wow. What, uh, man, I'm just like looking at this deck list. This has been such a crazy deck. I cannot wait to to sit down and have a game against this deck for sure because this will be, it seems like once Karabix out, it's just such a play around and I just, I can see it really warping a game. So this seems like it would be a really fun one to, to play for sure. So, but man, thank you so much, Jonah, for for coming on the you know our podcast and sharing this with us this has been awesome yeah well thank you for having me i think this has been a, a, a hopefully an educational episode for people on you know building a deck and you know some of the interesting restrictions and limitations and how it can actually be how you can turn those limitations into something really powerful and potent and i think this deck definitely highlights that for sure so thank you jonah for sure for you know sharing your process and and all all that with us it's definitely been awesome to all of our fellow listeners out there if you want to come on and do a deck interview with the fairy conclave feel free to reach out to us on discord instagram and now we have a twitter at tfc underscore mtg and feel free to come follow us there uh you know like and subscribe we often do giveaways and we're more than happy to talk magic with anyone out there in the multiverse as always everybody welcome to the clave hope you have a good week and we'll catch you all next time